1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Brady. I will be one of your hosts here tonight as I am joined by my fantastic co-host, Alyssa Hood. It has been a minute since we've had a show together. How are you doing? I was
2: thinking that. I know. I was like, I feel like I've had so many fun shows. I feel like you've done so many lately, but I feel like it's been a while since it's been just, just the two of us. And I have to say, these are always my favorite shows because- Brady is smart and I like talking to Brady, but also Brady understands my incoherence. So it's like, I don't have <laughs> to like, sometimes I don't have to finish the thought that I've lost part with you because Brady's like, no, no, I, I'm following and I'll save your point here. And it's really fantastic. And I really appreciate that about you.
1: I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you too, Liz. So you, you make this show very easy to do. And I, I very much look forward to when we get to hop on here together. And, uh, I mean, not, not the most interesting matchup although there were a lot of storylines coming into tonight's game uh the jets were on a three game losing streak after going on a bit of a heater and uh no better team to try and break that against than the chicago blackhawks uh what would, would you let's just go straight up what, what'd you think of the game
2: yeah i mean it's interesting i feel like that's always how i start these things but like there are <laughs> there are times when you watch this team that you're like yeah yeah, this is a team that's only won six games, you know, and, and I know they're all professionals and all these different kinds of things, but they're just not that great. And I, So I felt like the Jets just looked a little bit sharper in a lot of areas um, Then I, I think the best recent comparison is that Dallas game, right, where it was just so obvious that they were playing hockey against a really good club, you know, so that I definitely got the opposite sense tonight um and so everyone just looked a little bit sharper a little bit cleaner the mistakes didn't look as bad and things like that so i just felt like a really good game
1: for sure yeah and like i i was i personally was partially disappointed in how the jets played tonight but at the same time not um I, it's really tough when you play a team that is like very obviously a worse team than you Um, because tonight, like I thought the jets was, were kind of pedestrian in the first period, kind of pedestrian in the third period. But the second period is when it was like, okay, this is the team that I, this is the team I signed up to watch, you know? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but like, I don't know. There's just something about the consistency with this team lately where it just hasn't really been there. uh, I find, and I think that a lot of that has to do with um, kind of the way the, the, you know, the lines have kind of shaken out, um, but regardless, tonight was uh, a, a, an all-around good game from the Jets. They they did well at keeping the Blackhawks to the outside. They did well at uh, uh, what's the word neutralizing Connor Bedard, despite the fact that he did get that uh, first goal. Before we do hop into you know talking about the 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 matchups, the lineups, and stuff like that. Uh, we got to talk about Connor Bedard because he is the guy who is selling the tickets tonight. I think the Jets had almost a, a packed barn tonight, which we haven't seen in a while. But uh, that Good. is is not surprising. Uh, what do you think of uh, you know Connor Bedard and how the Jets kind of uh, you know played against him and everything like that?
2: It, it's fun because I see flashes of the Connor McDavid when I watch him play in the sense that. Well, I-, I was in the rink for for Connor McDavid just two days ago, so obviously there's that recency bias. But every now and then, when there's a little bit of space, you're like, oh, 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 I see what's coming here, kind of thing, and they start getting a little bit exciting. And it's just for those little spurts and flashes, but it's like, you know, there's a lot there. Um, like obviously he's not Connor McDavid out there, but like the little stutters and and the little flashes of those things make me. Fully believe that it's in there and it will be there once he's not, you know, a child. Um, so I, I thought he was really fun to watch tonight. Um, like he doesn't look like an 18 year old out there. He really doesn't. He looks more fresh, but not necessarily younger. Like he's got some poise to his game as well. Like he's 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 a fun fun player to watch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I I completely agree with you in in regards to the the comment about like McDavid. It's like you see those flashes that he does have, and you can see where this player is going to end up and of course he's still 18 right now so he's still kind of finding his footing in the league you know he, he gets he gets knocked off uh the puck on that one where he's trying to dangle around de and he kind of just stands him up and lets him know hey man like that's just not going to fly around here um i thought the jets did pretty well at neutralizing him but i think also at the same time it's like going back to the mcdavid comparison it's like mcdavid still at very least has you know obviously he's he's a, older has you know been in the league longer all those points aside um he's got an actual team around him <laughs> whereas the the Blackhawks I mean who it's 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 Connor Bedard and his merry men right i mean Anthony Beauvilliers is on his line and he's an an interesting player he's had an interesting career but at the same time it was his first game of the season this year he's not you know I don't know He he's he's not like a, a premier player in this league like he's not a even he's not even like a Zach Hyman or anything like that where uh so I I just think the the comparison but with him and, and uh Bedard or sorry with McDavid and Bedard is uh warranted but at the same time it's like I can definitely see how uh Bedard just can't really take over the game tonight because I mean who all does he have right um he did get the Jared
2: one- Tenorti bro he's got Jared Tenorti out there <laughs>
1: <laughs> that he does. Um, he ended up getting the the first goal tonight uh, off of a weird bounce off of Declan Chisholm's skate. Uh, I want to talk about Declan Chisholm really quickly. Um, but also, I, I want to give you space to to hop in here. Did you see anything specific about him that stood out? How are you feeling uh, on, you know, Declan Chisholm getting his first game of the season?
2: Well, looking outside of the actual in-game thing, like really happy he got his chance uh to play tonight. I know he's been he's been wanting it. He's been wanting it for a couple of years and stuff like that. Really glad that they gave him some looks on the power play. Um that's that's what you do um when you bring in a player like that. I know it would make sense regardless, you know, swapping out for Schmidt and things like that cuz he's taking the same role. But that's where Nick Chisholm shines. And it's the sort of stuff that you're only really going to get to see once he gets more comfortable because it requires a little bit more of a dominant, confident sort of style of play. Um, But it's the same thing. And I'll say the same thing about him, too. There are flashes, right? Like of that player that we know and that we've all seen on the moose for a couple of years. Um, I thought he was fine. Like, I I don't like there were a couple of things um, that like little mistakes here and there and things like that that made it. You know, when you watch this team as often as I do, I was like, OK, like you can sort of tell um, that this isn't someone who plays a ton with this team and stuff like that. But like, I thought he was fine. Like it it was it was the first game and he was playing with Dylan Sandberg. And I think it was it was OK. I really don't have a lot of noteworthy things to say about him.
1: Well, that's 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 your take on it. I Thought when I saw this guy playing today, I all I could think was there's no reason we should ever see Logan Stanley suit up in a Jets uniform again, barring well,
2: he could be like kind of bad and we could still say there's no reason to ever well, see low- like the the bar is not
1: but I but I mean like this 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 felt cementing to me because it's just like this pl- I like and listen it was one game uh I also think it, I want to give credit to the to the coaching staff for making sure that they got him into the lineup again it's it is already what the 23rd game of the season so uh not that early but they they you know of course he did get his uh conditioning stint with um the with the moose but I thought that their, their decision to put him in tonight's game. Uh, I mean, the Blackhawks are basically the perfect transition team from AHL to NHL, uh, as they are half of an AHL team and half of an NHL team. And uh, and I thought Chisholm looked great tonight. Like, he was really moving his feet. I thought that he had a uh, a really good game. There was some, you know, you mentioned that he had some gaffes. Personally, like, I, there was only two things I can think of that he, like, maybe... Could have improved. Like there was the one where he was in behind the net and he tried to make a pass out and just kind of fanned on it. It led to a couple chances for the Blackhawks. Um, but that was also a player, you know, in the the you know, the last 20 minutes of uh of of a hockey and where you're trying to shut down the lead. And the, the coaching staff Felt confident to continue putting him out there and moving, you know, other than that, like he was really moving his feet tonight. I I thought he was extremely poised. I thought the way his, his, his puck management was, was very, very high. And he seemed like he wasn't just trying to uh, get the puck off of his stick to try and avoid any sort of, you know, mistakes or anything like that um I, I really liked his game and i i would really highly highly like to see him play next game um because i think that you know the the jets could have a, a decent third pair guy here that uh can maybe make some some differences you know
2: yeah 100 percent. and i i think um and, and maybe i'm being too harsh i didn't think there were like gaps necessarily but there was just little things one like zone exit on the power play that it was kind of like okay like, <laughs> that was the other one yeah is, <laughs> yeah. Like where it's just like, they're, they're noticeable. Like, but like you, like you said, he's, he's a little more poised and like solid, you know, he, he was solid. And then that's what you look for. Like when a player, like, I don't know, like Dylan DeMello screws up, it's not as obvious as when Nicola Euler screws up. Right. And I, I put Declan Chisholm into more that, that Nikola Euler style of play. It's a little bit more like exciting and stuff like that. So those mistakes just always look a little bit more, drastic than they are um so it's it I really don't think that he did anything that would yeah upset me in any capacity but and, I 100% and, agree and, with you that that is our seventh defenseman and I would like to see him play more than just on pace for four games in a season <laughs> yeah
1: and 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 you know you and you even mentioned that it was kind of a a uh you know it's his first game and that's kind of just getting in the rhythm with uh the team and yeah I think that that gaffe on the uh on the power play again is just a Getting used to the players you're playing with, kind of thing. I mean, it was his, exactly. first, his first, uh, you know, uh, what's it called, um, att- not attempt, uh, try on on playing a game. It was his first game. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, so he's still getting in, rid- in the rhythm of the rest of the team. But uh, I thought he had a good game. Uh, other than that, I mean, tonight's game, like how how are you feeling? I know, I know. For me personally, I think that I I I want to talk about the top line because I think that they had a very interesting game. I thought Mark Scheifley had a great game. I thought Nikolai Ehlers had a great game. Um and I know that you also wanted to speak on that line as well too. Uh mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay it on a dish here for you. Uh what'd you think?
2: Yeah, I mean Nikolai Ehlers and Mark shifley in particular, I love getting to watch play together. They're they're fun. They are fun. And there were little things. There was even, um, it was the play that like the whistle after this play was the penalty that Chicago took where the Jets scored their first goal. So um there it was an offense or a defensive zone penalty for the Blackhawks. And there was like this fun little thing where like Nicola Eilers kind of darted through the middle at like a 45 angle, pass back to Josh Pat. Like they just do a little bit more um, when they're together. And I think it's fun that that particular sequence had nothing to do with Mark Shifley, but there was good possession and they were able to do those sorts of things. And I think that's like a little easy example to show like that there's so much potential for that line to do a little bit more chaotic, exciting, you know, not so stagnant offense at five on five, which is, you know, that's sort of what we see a little bit from you know the third line and those types of things where they they play more that structured offense I there's potential for them to do less structured offense um the big thing that I wanted to talk about with them is more on the on the defensive zone side Cody in the chat says um that line is terrifying in both directions (laughs) um which is 100% true but I was watching this game today and I've developed a conspiracy theory Uh I feel like I I have a conspiracy theory every game um okay and maybe I'm going to say this and people are going to be like, okay, I talk about this all the time. But I'm like, I, I've i never heard anyone actually talk about it. Maybe it's just kind of a given. But when the Winnipeg Jets are playing defense, so when there's a turnover or whatever, I find that the top line always forechecks deeper and plays their defense deeper than the other lines. And what I mean by that is they don't sit back on like their one, two, two or whatever as much and have their guys floating at the red line, they're up a little bit more because they want those players to have the chance to scoop up that puck. And if they forecheck properly, like really, you know, get that offense going again. Mm -hmm. And I find that they don't, they're not as far back on defense as the other lines. Like obviously there's always the one guy, sometimes two guys, like a little bit deeper in, but I find that the guy's who are more in the middle of that defense play a little bit higher up, which always makes it look like they aren't getting back in time. Mm-hmm. And it makes them look worse than I think they actually are.
1: Well, it's, 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 I mean, th- think of in the neutral zone, right? Uh, if, the, if they're playing, uh, on, on a puck, there's a puck battle. Uh, what do they do? They, these guys are all offense all three of those guys are offensively minded guys. So, I think that this is just cheating, but just in in the offensive zone, right? You're you're cheating, hoping that the breakout on the other team is going to be, you know, it's not going to be successful. And then you have uh, Kyle Connor standing in right in front of the crease uh, on, on a loose puck and bing, bang, boom, you end up getting a really cheap and easy goal. But uh, but I do agree with you that I think that it does at least at, at least what I think you were getting at, uh, that it does kind of handcuff them at least on the on the back check. And so maybe that is one of the reasons why those guys are a little bit less, um, you know, you don't really see them as much on the back check. And then also at that point, when you're so far away, it's like, okay, well, if I bust my ass to get back and they're already in the zone and I'm at the other blue line, uh, what's the point of me busting my ass? I might as well save my energy. And then that, I think that that kind of, that's a, that, that is a great point. Cause I haven't really like honed in really on what they do in the offensive zone and, and what kind of leads to, um, you know, the lack of, back-checking kind of thing from those guys. Um, w- whereas for me personally, like my thoughts on that line um, and also just in general, like I think that this kind of leads into more of a discussion uh, about the, the lineup as a whole is I just think that the jets are putting a little too much too the jets are putting too many eggs in one basket uh, in regards to that top line. Uh, but also at the same time, like there's that line is just trying, they're just trying to do too much in in regards to offense. Like Think about the um, in in the third period there, the play that gets broken up by Shifley on the on the left side uh, on the near the blue line just inside the zone. He passes it over to Ehlers. He ends up going down low into the slot, gets a a perfect like pass right to him. And he could just one time this and likely beats uh, Soderblom and and could potentially score there. Uh, But then it ends up turning into him trying to pass it all the way across the ice to Kyle Connor, who, again, gets this gets the puck but at the same time he's so f- he's he's even further from the net than Shifley was so you kind of lose the momentum that they had going into the, into this there where you know a, a shot even if Söderblom makes the save like Connor could potentially be there to pick up the rebound like it doesn't need to always uh you know i i just think that having those three together while we do some see some really incredible some brilliant uh offensively minded uh plays it just feels like they're doing too much you know? Do you- yeah.
2: No, I I agree, and I I have this. Everything I think about is thinking about in math capacity, and wh- what I'm seeing right now is if so, Cal Connor. If you have Cal Connor and you say this is a thirty goal scorer, but if he has a good player passing to him, he's a fifty goal scorer, and you sort of see that, and you're like, okay, it's a plus twenty, and we're gonna put someone in a position where they're just gonna pass to Connor, and if they're a twenty goal scorer, maybe they're only gonna score ten, but we're willing to make that sacrifice because it's going to make this player that much better. I feel like that sort of vibe is kind of what's happening right now with Mark Shifley, where Mark Shifley is acting like he needs to be the guy to change his style of play to make Kyle Connor better. And it's twofold why I don't like that one, because I think Kyle or Mark Shifley, pardon me is a very effective player and this is dulling his effectiveness big time. And the second part of it is that, he's not even the best type of player to bring that out of Kyle Connor. It's like if, if he was so, 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 so good at passing and it was like, Oh my gosh, like I I probably wouldn't get as frustrated with it, but he's not even bringing the best out of Kyle Connor by not being himself. Like it's, it's really just not, not working for me. And I think that's not supposed to be a dig at him. It's, it's, mm-hmm. and I said this on the last game over that I was on it against Dallas. Like it's, I just think Mark Shifley is that good and I, I feel like we're not seeing that version of him right now cuz he's just looking for the pass instead of looking for the right play.
1: Yeah, and there's a, I mean there's a great comment here in in the chat from NBHA Ball Hockey. Connor looks like he's trying too hard to score and then says stop gripping the stick. Yeah, like I I think that like as much as I love Kyle Connor, I love the what he bring can bring to this team, I really think that it, he has been He's just had a, a rough tough. Uh, Jesus, I can't even talk. He just has had a rough couple games for recently. And it seems like he when he's away from the puck, he is pretty useless. And that's something we all know about Kyle Connor. That's not the reason we have him on this team. That's not the reason he makes money. He makes money because he puts the puck in the net. But at the same time, like I am just getting so frustrated watching. And and I, you you hit the nail exactly on the head on on how I feel about shifley and connor being together it just feels like there's so much deferring over to kyle connor it's always connor being the shooter that's one of the issues on the power play which you know it wasn't again wasn't fantastic tonight the one goal they scored was just Villardi uh having two guys draped on him and getting the puck over to to mark shifley who once again is can score goals he had 42 goals last year you like I had this comment just the other day. I don't think I actually mentioned it on the show at all, but I know I tweeted it for sure. And it's like, it's 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 so nice to see that that mark shifley remembers that he can also shoot the puck and he can also score the perfetti goal the other night uh on the power play is because mark shifley shoots the puck it is a bit of a slap pass bit of both but the point is it doesn't need to always go through kyle connor on the power play when it's obvious that all they're trying to do is get the puck to kyle connor it's so so easy it's so easy and you know, there's other goal scorers who have who've existed, who are able to, you know, have the, uh, you know, be the, the trigger man. Like, again, obviously, Kyle Connor is not an Alex Ovechkin or anything like that. Um, so stop treating him like that. And so I feel like the the way that this team will succeed uh, is if they can find a way to, you know, if, if Shifley can realize again, despite the fact that he's kind of evolved this game, you know, he's able to, he's passing the puck a lot more, all the good things we can say about it. At the same time, I think it is taking away from the offense there. Um, And, you know, moving forward. uh, I mean, I I would love to hear your take on how you think kind of the lines should be shaking out. Um, Cause, cause I personally do not believe that, that this team will be the best version of itself with Connor Shifley and either together, despite the fact that that line can be, a force can take over games. The issue is that they only can, not will.
2: Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I think uh, I, I want to say you and I have different takes on on what we want the lines to look like. Um, but my personal belief is that the Jets need to run like a one a one b sort of thing. Like I don't really care which is top and which is the second line, but I want to run the pairing of Kyle Connor with Cole Perfetti and then Mark shifley with Nikolai Ehlers, and I don't care who they play with. Gabe Velarde, to me, should go on that, um, on the Perfetti-Connor line, because I think he brings a very good skill set to that, where if if the proper pucks are going to Connor and, and he's shooting, that guy can collect the rebounds, he can also pass really well, and all those kinds of things, where if Connor's just going to try and score, let's put him with people who will actually make that happen for him, um, and then that leaves, like, I don't even know um, who would play on the other line. Maybe Noestikov. Maybe I follow. I don't. And that—that's the whole to me that the Jets need to address the trade deadline. But that's a conversation for another day. Um, but I think Kyle Connor and Cole Perfetti should play together. And I know Ehlers and Shifley—they've never been tried out for long periods of time, but they're always there's always something a little bit off about them. Like, but I—I'm I, not giving up on it yet, and mm-hmm. I want that pairing. Um, to go together, and uh, honestly, throw Gabe learning that line instead. I don't care. Like I, I think those are the pairings that I would want the Jets to run with.
1: Yeah, I, I, I would agree with a lot of the uh, the, the thought process to get there. Um, uh, but I, th- I think with with myself, like I, I for sure want to see Shifley and Ehlers together. I, I think that there there are two things that 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 lead me to you know my decision making here. Actually, three. Uh, I want to see Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley separated because I think that Mark Shifley will never, ever, ever be able to be as good of a top line centerman as he can be while he is playing with Kyle Connor, whether that be. Uh, due to defensive impact, whether that be to his, his, the fact that he wants to give, uh, the puck over to Kyle Connor freak instead of shooting it himself. I just don't think that those two guys work together. I think that Cole Perfetti has had a phenomenal season and deserves to get a bump. Uh, and I want to see Shifley and Ehlers together. So all of that leads me to say I would like to see a line of Perfetti, uh, if Shifley and Ehlers together, uh, Kyle Connor with Gabe Velarde and whoever the other guy is, um, I would say Nemesnikov, because I think that he has shown a little bit more consistency than I has recently. Um, but of course, he is hurt. Uh, anyways, we are uh, already... I mean, already 25 minutes into this show here. So uh, I think we're going to bookend the uh, the talk on uh, on the game and just the general things, because we uh, are pretty much at the quarter season mark here today, guys. So we are going to go through the 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 team. We are going to give uh, a a grade to each player. We're going to give a grade to the coaching staff, the team as a whole. And uh, and whatever else Liz. I would love for you to start us off here. Uh, We're going to start with Kyle Connor. What is your grade on the season for him so far?
2: Okay, so looking at Kyle Connor um, and and every other player, I will say. So we're using a letter grading scale, uh, A plus, A, A minus, all the way down to F. Um, Classic American report card style. And the kind of general rule of thumb we went with is this is all relative to expectations. It's because otherwise it would just be, you know, you know. Kyle Connor and Mark Scheifele are good at hockey and maybe others not as much kind of thing. So it's all relative <laughs> to expectations. B is if anyone gets a B it means that's who I thought we were getting out of it. So it's all relative to personal expectations. So all that being said, Kyle Connor gets a B. Kyle Connor gets a B. Kyle Connor is playing Kyle Connor hockey right now and I don't have much else to say.
1: Yeah, I th- I I I have him also listed as a B. I mean, he is he he's, he's been really good in the sense of he scored a lot of goals this year. He's at sitting at 14 goals, but I think that he really needs to round out the rest of his game in order to uh, exceed my expectations because I expect him to score goals. I expect him to be a bit of a defensive liability. That's the guy we got. I expect him to make uh, some nice plays every now and then, but I also expect him to maybe overthink things a little bit. So uh, B uh, over to Mark Shifley Liz. Mark Shifley, what do you got for me?
2: Mark Shifley gets an A- minus uh, from me. I think Mark Shifley has been very good this season, and it's uh, a very – he's just always been a confusing player where it's like I defend him, but then I also dislike him and all these kinds of things. He So coming into the season, I was expecting him to be defensive liability, score a lot of goals, and play some fun-ish offensive hockey. He looks pretty dialed in, and I think he's been one of the Jets' best players so far this year. So he gets an A- minus from me.
1: Yeah, for Shifley, I have him at a B plus, so just under what you have. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. He is he has come out, uh, I will say he has shown a, a, a much better effort to be a defensive player this year. The results are what they are. I think they're still getting, uh, you know, kind of killed in regards, not killed, but they are still losing the first line matchup as usual. Um, but I do at least see a lot more effort. And in specific moments, I do notice that he is, uh, picking up his man in the defensive zone a lot more. Again, I would love for him to shoot, excuse me, shoot the puck a little bit more because, uh, Again, this guy could score goals, uh, but all in all, I, I I'm pretty happy with him this year. Uh, let's 100%. move on. Move on over to Ealers.
2: Yes. Um. Okay. Ealers gets a C, C plus ish, teetering on there for me.
1: Oh. My expectations Hot are really take. high for
2: this player. My expectations are really high from this player, and as an aggregate, he's looked better. He's definitely looked better. Uh, in the last couple of games, the last stretch of ten games. Um, but as as a whole, um, he's not fully been what i want him to be what i know he can be um he's still probably the jets best player um but like relative to what i want to see from him he's not doing it for me i got a c plus written down um and you know i i love him he's the best i just i want a little more (laughs) i want a little more
1: uh i have him sitting at at a b uh, I have him sitting almost exactly where I expect him. Uh, the the one thing that I will I will say I did take into account the fact that he had a slow start, um, yeah. and that kind of definitely brought him a bit down. Otherwise, I probably would have said that he's maybe an A minus, maybe a B plus, A minus because I've really liked at least what he's been doing with the game recently. Um, but I also think that I can discount the slow start to. He didn't play any preseason games. Right. So, uh, so that, that I think personally took, took a bit of a, uh, you know, my, my, that's what I thought at least, um, as we finish up that top line, I'm just going to mention a couple uh, things in the chat here uh let's see so yeah i was gonna I, say
2: everyone's uh g- given their own grades as well please I- i'd love to see if because brady and i sometimes we're two peas uh in a pod so sometimes we have similar takes and if we're just sitting here talking we're like yeah yeah it makes <laughs> sense and we might be way off base so i'd love to hear uh what you guys have to say so you can flip through those um oh, and then now
1: Oh. oh, I have it. Sorry. On Kyle Connor, we've got Voice of Fire saying a soft B plus. Uh Lucas trap saying problem is that he's been sitting at 14 goals for five games now. Uh and Lucas also saying he agrees with you uh on Ealers. He's had a slow start, but has been picking it up. Uh Voice of Fire also says A for Shifley, uh, and then B for uh, Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, anyways, sorry, continue.
2: <laughs> awesome. No, I was just gonna say so that kind of covers that first line that we've talked about. Um speed round. Let's go. Uh give me your grades for Perfetti, Nemestikov, and Ayafalo.
1: Uh, okay, Perfetti. Starting off, he gets an A from me. The only reason he does not get an A plus is because he was not able to uh hunker down and get that uh um that that center. He w- he wasn't able to fully fit into the center position. Otherwise this guy has been uh phenomenal. He has more goals this year than, than Mark Shifley, despite playing like 10 minutes a night. Uh, this player has, has, has given the jets, uh, death scoring and I'm super hyped on him. Uh, Nemesikov gets a B plus, uh, kind of exactly what I expected him used as kind of the, you know, he goes wherever the Matthew pro type, uh, of just playing him with whoever and, uh, and still have, was able to make that second line, um, have a bit more juice than it maybe could have had uh and then alex i follow i have him sitting at I, I, I debated between a b plus or a b minus and a c plus because uh i think he had a good start to the season he has looked good but over the past few games he really has shown that he doesn't really fit in on that top line and uh and i really wish he did because i thought that that could have been a place where he might have uh you know, been able to find a spot um but right now i'm kind of struggling with where i put him in the lineup because he's been a bit of a you know inconsistent uh yourself your lightning round sorry that wasn't that light you for myself
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no no it's all good uh, okay yeah Culper Freddy also gets an A for me and the reason he doesn't get a plus is because I was shooting for the stars with my expectations for him I, I thought he was going to be good and he is good um but he's been even better um he- he's so fabulous he's so fabulous um Nemesikov gets an A for me I did not expect him to be able to sustain that second line role as well as he has for as long as he has. Um, I know he's an all situations guy, but this was a big ask and I think he's been excellent. So he gets an A from me. I'm very impressed with him so far. Alex Ifall gets a B um, take with a grain of salt, my expectations for anyone who was brought in this off because I didn't really know what to expect. So I think I, we can definitely say that, his last 10 games haven't been as good as his first 10 games. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in the aggregate, I'm, I'm I'm fine with him. He's just kind of there. I, I don't have any beef with him, though.
1: That's fair. Uh, alrighty. Well, moving on over to what has been the most consistent line of the season, the third line. Uh, Nino Niederreiter, do you want to go player by player or just lightning round it again?
2: I'll lightning round <laughs> that whole line. Um, okay. So this one, we got lowest grade on this line is adam lowry with a b plus only reason he gets a b plus and not higher than that is because i was ready for him to come in and be the player that i know he can be that he is for like 30 out of 80 games in a season um and he has been so far and i'm really pleased with him and he he probably teeters more to an a i i just i think the world of him though so that's why um the expectations were Hi. And I, I he's like, you know, the captaincy he's fired up. Like, he seems just excited and everything. So um, B-plus for Adam Lowry for me. Uh, Nino Niederreiter gets an A. I, I've been really pleased with him. I, I know he's been known to be more of a streaky player, um, that maybe not always the most consistent. Um, I He's been extremely consistent and consistently good. And he is the reason that third line um, has been as good as they have been. Uh, as soon as he was added to that line, that was the secret sauce that really brought them and elevated them to the next level. My first and only a plus of the day goes to Mason Appleton. And that is because I am a recovering Mason Appleton hater. I was not big on this player (laughs) last year. He was so nothing to me. I, I, he was so forgettable and all these different kinds of things. He's been pretty good. He's been pretty good. So I, I've been really pleased with him and, and I'm, I'm though, um, you know, I do consider Nino Nidor to be what I said, like the secret sauce on that line. I don't like it. It All three of them are yeah. key instrumental parts of that. Um, and Adam Lowry has played with Mason Appleton for a while. So that's why I, I give the nod to Nino Nidor. But Mason Appleton gets an A plus for me
1: incredible i went very much on the same lines as you except the i I actually have it flip-flopped i have nino niederrider as my worst grade on the line he gets initially i had him as a b plus but i figured he deserves an a minus he deserves an a minus i think that he has been so instrumental in allowing that uh third line to actually technically be used as a second line because like we all say it's the third line it's the second line they they play the second most of, of any line that's the second line realistically um and i think that his uh the way that he plays his tenacity um his, his scoring ability has also allowed um for this uh, has been so instrumental in allowing for this line to play um as many minutes as they are. Uh, so he gets an A. Uh, but again, I, I I also really like Nino been a big fan of him for a while. So uh, in regards to my expectations, I expected good, but I didn't expect him to be able to uh, completely revitalize a line, um. But I, you know, I expectations is the important thing. So the two players uh, who I have both sitting at an A are Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton. Mason Appleton for the reasons that you listed. I also not necessarily was a hater, but just didn't really believe in him. Um, he's come onto this line and shown that he deserves to play as a third line guy. Whereas I kind of just seen him as a, a fourth line guy on any on most teams. Uh, you know, realistically, uh, you would want him to be a fourth line guy on this team, uh, if if the Jets had the uh, ability to, but he's been phenomenal this season in regards to uh you know just play really helping that line form its identity. Um he's been able to put some some pucks in the net as well too, so he gets a, a good nod for that. At one point he was the leading scorer on the team um and then Adam Lowry like this goes both as uh the fact that one I never expected to, uh Adam Lowry to really be able to 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 handle second line minutes and and win those matchups constantly um he has you know you look at the game the other night against uh the Oilers he was in McDavid's kitchen all night um and also on top of that I know it's it's the intangibles but this guy's the captain now and it really feels like this is his team um And and I think that that is something that we really need to, uh, you know, emphasize because the vibes are despite the losing streak. The vibes are really good with this team, even still. And I think that Adam Larry has had a big key in in, um, you know, establishing the the vibe for the room, as well as ensuring that, you know, nothing goes uh, the way of, of, you know, the past. Um, So he gets an A for me as well. Uh, That third line, second line has been truly has been great.
2: Oh yeah, and as a collective, the line gets an A plus. There, they've been really good. We have voice of, uh We have a yeah, uh, voice of fire in the chat says the line gets an A from him, hundred percent. Yeah. So okay, the last forwards that I have here, I have Morgan Barron, David Gustafson, Rasmus Kapari. Um, that might be it. That might be all I have left. Is that all you have left?
1: Uh, yep, looks like it.
2: Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll speed around those super quick. Uh, Morgan Barron gets a C plus. I. I I was ready for him to pop off a little bit this year. I really was. The uh, last season left me wanting more, and not in a bad way. In a way of like, okay, this player is more than I was expecting him to be. Um, but now he's just kind of been fine. I wanted him to be good. I really did want him to be good. So he gets a C plus. Yeah, it's a very benign grade. I don't mean to be hard on him. Um, David Gustafson gets a B plus again. I love that guy. I love <laughs> David Gustafson. So I you know I I will always expect him to be a 30 goal scorer if he gets the minutes to do so. You know, I just, I, I adore him. I adore that boy. So he gets a B plus and Rasmus Kapari gets a B from me um, because I didn't know what to expect. I will say, I, I don't think I was expecting as much as we've gotten from him in the stint that he's played. So um pleased with him. I didn't realize how fast he was. I didn't realize how smart he was. Um, so he's been good, but I wasn't like, my expectations weren't set almost at all. Um, so take that one with what you will but um yeah i i have no beef with the fourth line um you know if, if players are too much one thing or another it makes it difficult to manage a fourth line those guys are all exactly where they need to be um and it's nice to know that if they need to be promoted for a couple shifts or something like that that they're they're able to do so so
1: yeah. no complaints Absolutely. I have Baron, uh, right at a B. Um, I was, I, I agree with you in regards to, I was hoping for more from him. Um, this year I was hoping for him to break out a little bit more, but I also, uh, you know, look at this realistically, like he's just cause he not natu- like he's on the fourth line. So at the same time, it's like, he's not really given a ton of room to, uh, really run with things. And even in the nights where I, I remember there was the game when they played the 11 forward seven D and then Kupari gets hurt. Um, you know, the coaching didn't really use that chance to allow Baron to get some shifts with some of the better players uh and I, I would have loved to have seen that just to see what he could have done but uh it is what it is uh he has been kind of the exact player uh you know we expected from him big guy skates fast hard uh hard to play against and yeah I mean this this kind of goes for the entire line really because that entire line has been um you know, I, I would say better than expected. Like I, I've got uh, Gus at a, at a B plus just because he has been able to contribute offensively. And the fact that he didn't even start as um, you know, one of the roster players this year, or sorry, one of the uh, starting players this year. So he's come in, he's provided a little bit of offense for back there. He's kind of cooled down now, but uh, he's great on the PK big body. I love seeing uh, Gustafson out there. And as far as Kupari, again, I didn't have a ton of expectations for him. He's fast. He's, he's skillful. He looks like he's got, uh, you know, all the Jets fans were, were, were really excited at what he was bringing early on in the season. Um, but since then, it had, you know, he he also at the same time wasn't able really to finish anything. So it was kind of tough to really be in his corner, fight the good fight for him uh, to get more minutes because he still wasn't scoring despite all the good looks he was getting. Uh, and of course, then he gets injured. And obviously, we didn't really mention him, but Gabe Velarde, we don't we didn't we're not giving a grade to just because, uh, you know, it's been difficult for him. If I was going to give him a grade off of t- tonight's game, I'd give him an A-plus, considering uh, <laughs> he's uh, still playing with a knee brace on and uh, and looks so, so good on that one power Crazy. play goal. That one power <sighs> play goal was so nice. Just two guys was, like, draped on him.
2: You watch it more, and you're like, how was he so chill Like in that situation? like and It was such a sneaky good, like, oh, yeah. mm, so good. No, yeah, he, he gets it incomplete for me, and so does uh, Axel Janssen-Fialbi, just because haven't seen enough um, yeah. yet, but yeah. Uh, okay jumping into the d pairings I'll start with the top pair uh Josh and demello both gonna be from me yeah um and that's not to say are, are you on the exact same page
1: yeah like I I I I struggled with Morrissey because while he has been good and I expected him to be good I also expected some regression too because like yeah. he I don't know. Like he doesn't seem as dominant as he was last year. Um, but at the same time, he's still putting up points. He's still looking a lot closer to how he was last year than maybe some years prior when we were a little bit worried about him. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, and same thing with Demello. Like again, steady top, top pair guy plays with Morrissey. He's his other half. Uh, you know, he is what he is. <laughs> two, two studs. That's exactly.
2: it. That's it. That's what it is um next pairing this is where my grades get fun brendan dylan gets an a-minus from me neil really? pionk <laughs> neil pionk gets an a and here is why i didn't like those guys i was done with them last year i was sick of that pairing i was like what are they ever doing they i i, I was very hard on them last year And I was just expecting more of the same this year. I was expecting to sit there with my head in my hands, watching them play sometimes. I have not done that this year. Other than the odd boneheaded play that you will always get from every defenseman to ever exist. Those guys have been good. They have been excellent. And I was not expecting that at all. At all.
1: Interesting. Interesting. I agree with you on one of those, but... Uh, <laughs> I think Neil Pionk's had a, a, an incredible start to this season. I think that he has completely, uh, like he's looked great. He's looked great for me. Um, I, again, I was in kind of the same camp as you being a little harder on him than maybe he deserves. Uh, again, also with all the, the trouble that he went through this, this season, we all know, uh, his, his, uh, his affiliation with, uh, Adam Johnson, um, he has really stepped up this year. Uh, It has been phenomenal to see a, a, uh, you know, what's the word, Uh, a reestablishment, a, a uh, a return to form maybe from, from years past. Uh, He looks a lot more comfortable out there. His skating looks better. He doesn't look like he's fighting an injury, which I would argue he's kind of looked like he has been for the past two seasons. Um, He looks good. And, and I'm happy to have him playing second pairing minutes when he's playing like this. I've really liked him. The player I don't agree with you on is Brendan Dillon. I I don't know what it is with him. I just I I I really ex- I expect more out of him in regards to the to him being good at least defensively, uh, and really only genuinely the only thing I can think of that he has done this year is he scored those two goals against the I want to say it was against the Coyotes that one game or whenever it was, yeah. um, and he's fought like three two or three times and that's it. And, and, and I don't think that fighting is necessarily uh, a, a positive. I know I it is, it is great in order to uh, get the guys going, get, get the intensity up, but I don't think overall it is what I look for in a defenseman. Uh, I have oh. Bren Dylan, a C plus I'll be honest with oh. you. He's. Oh. <laughs> and, okay. and maybe this is me being harsh on him because I, 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 and also like losing a bit of sight with the expectations versus uh everything yeah
2: yeah yeah, yeah. that's Um, that's
1: fair so realistically i didn't expect him to be great or anything so i should probably bump him up to like a b minus b but initially i i when i first wrote down number five on my list i put him down as a c plus with my gut um so it is what it is maybe i would love to hear what people think in the chat uh if they disagree or agree with me but um, more on my side
2: as of right now. So, just so you know, it is uh, what it is. The thing is. with Brendan Dillon is that last year I wanted him traded. I wanted him traded more than Neil Pionk last year. I did not want him on my team because that, that. And right now, I think part of the reason that I am pleased with him is also because of Neil Pionk. It's really hard when you're glued to your partner. Like, if DeMello was having an awful season, it would reflect poorly on Morrissey and vice versa. The fact that Neil Pionk is better. Mm-hmm. Just makes them look better. Um, And I think as a collective, like they, I'm sure like their Corsi numbers have to be a lot better than they were last year. And even, even like high danger chances against. Um, But I, I think they just look better as a pairing. And I don't think it would be fair of me to not give a good grade to Brendan Dillon when now I'm fine with him being on the ice. I'm, I'm happy when he's on the ice when last year I yeah. wasn't gone. So.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I I I get that, and that's fair. But like, but also at the same time, I know this is you know veering off the path. Let's just say hypothetically, Vili uh, Hanola comes back; he's in the lineup. Stop. So, so I just want to say that Nate Schmidt is not Where's your my... is. <laughs> there you are, exactly. <laughs> um, let's just say my Billy,
2: contraband sweater.
1: Let's just say Vili is in the lineup, and and he is uh, you know inserted himself. Uh, he's in the spot that Nate Schmidt usually has been playing this year. Uh, And then the Jets make a a trade at the deadline for uh, a good, a a strong, good D-man or whatever, a a top four D-man. Who are you taking out? Because in my mind, in my mind, Brendan Dillon is is the easiest, like, of all of the defensemen. I think he has the least amount of upside. And at the same time, it's like... uh, if they're if they're trading for a defenseman let's just say it's chris tanov because that's the the archetype that they're looking for they're looking for not necessarily an offensive guy but maybe like a bit more of a shutdown guy they could probably pair with morrissey drop Demelo down the lineup you know like it it just feels like brendan Dillon of all of the six d men who regularly play for the jets he's the one who i feel like is the odd man out maybe i'm wrong in in thinking that but i i've liked what sandberg was able to do with with pionk uh earlier in the season um Hmm. So I, I think that he just kind and of then is
2: then Hanela DeMillo. Yeah. No, 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 no. hundred <laughs> percent. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs>
1: no, no. But anyways, you can continue on that if you want, or we can transition over and, to,
2: yeah, we'll, we'll move on right away. But my answer to that is, yeah, I probably take him out if you're getting shut down, whatever sort of pairing guy, like if you're bringing in another, like a Declan Chisholm sort of type that side of player, like I, it's, it's Neil Pionk that comes out for me, even like, and that's a crazy take, but I just, you can't have that many of that player on there. If you have Hanola and well, then Hanola C-
1: comes out then, realistically. Yeah, yeah, no, there's-
2: I know. Uh, like, I, I, yeah, I would take Brendan Dillon out if we got a better defenseman. Like, there's no question about it, but like, for right now, he is not, like, he is playing tough matchups. We know how sheltered that bottom pairing is, which we'll get to them, and they are still having positive results. So, I, I can't rag on the guy for now we'll cross that bridge when we get there um i'm I'm open to it um but he's been good when he's been asked
1: that's that is very fair that is very fair um geez i had a a, something else to say and i completely forget now i'm completely blanking but anyways with that let's continue back on to the uh onto the train uh of grades here uh dylan samberg as well as nate schmidt uh, I'm gonna jump in here first. Sandberg gets a B minus for me, and this is purely based off of expectations, because I really like Dylan Sandberg. I really like him. He's yeah. one of my guys who, when I'm talking to you know my dad, when I'm talking to my family, uh, whoever it is uh, about hockey, I always love to give him a little bit of love. Um, I think that this year he has been very good, but at the same time he has had a lot of moments. Uh, if you know what I mean by that, he's had a lot of uh, oopsie daisies. Uh, an example is the game tonight, like. Uh, you know, the, the, the brutal pass he tries to make backhand while he's got a guy draped on him, uh, up the middle when he's got, you know, Declan Chisholm in the corner, providing him an outlet to just, you know, hand it off to, um, I just think that he could maybe tighten his game up a little bit. I think that he's been really good, but I think that when things have gone bad with him, he has, he he's just one of those guys that you know you know when you're cheering for a guy and you you tell you're in his corner always you tell your friends and family you love this guy you think he's good uh for the team and then he just makes a boneheaded play that is just such a stick out obvious thing that where you can't defend it like that is how i feel my favorite
2: hockey player is Billy that's my life that's how i live
1: but but you know what i mean though right like and and so i I, i i think that sandberg has has unfortunately had a lot of uh, errors where he looks really bad. Um, but as a whole, I think he's been still really good. I think, you know, and if you look at the, the money puck or whatever things, I remember you were mentioning it when you're talking with Murat, uh, the other day, uh, you know, him and Sambury have been really, or him and Schmidt have been really good together. So, um, Again, it's just it's just those moments that that drive that drive me a little crazy, like just like his voice of fire is saying in the chat uh, that he, he drives him crazy with his passing sometimes. Um, so he gets a B minus for me. Uh, and then Nate Schmidt gets a B plus from me. I like Nate Schmidt. I'm um, I'm I'm willing to say it. I'm willing to stand up here and say Nate Schmidt the, if, if he made 3 million dollars no one bats a goddamn eye at him. If yeah. Billy Hanola isn't uh potentially, you know, fighting for a spot, nobody bats an eye at him. I think that he is solid if you look I'm pretty sure if you look last year at his uh, I remember his his Dom card was really good, um, you know, Dom from the Athletic. Uh, I, I don't know. I just think that Nate Schmidt is is hated on a little too much. I think that he is able to play the puck pretty well. At the same time, I don't think that he, you know, 100 percent should be cemented in this lineup or anything like that. But I think that uh, he has been better than a lot of people give him credit for. So therefore, I give him a big uh, or a B plus.
2: Yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, Dylan Sandberg gets um a B plus from me. I I I like Dylan Sandberg, don't get me wrong, but I was always a little bit of a non-believer in Dylan Sandberg, if I'm being honest with you. Like I never thought this was gonna happen for him. I really didn't. I didn't think he was gonna be an NHL regular on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always a little bit sus of him, I don't know. Um, but he's been really good this year. Like I think he and I know what you're talking about for sure. And like that's why he doesn't get like an A or an A plus whatever cuz but I think in the situations that he's been put in, um he's managed quite well. Um and I also think I Really like watching him kill penalties. I yeah. find that he positions himself so well. Like I think he's a really smart hockey player. So um he yeah he gets a B plus for me. Nate Schmidt gets a B. Uh, I have no um you know ill will towards Nate Schmidt either. Like I hundred percent agree with you. Hundred percent agree with you. Um that the price tag plays a huge factor because people want him to play like a six million dollar player and he just doesn't play like a six million dollar player. But it doesn't mean he's bad. Because there are a yeah. lot of guys who are really good two million dollar players. He's a really good two million dollar player. Yeah, um, so he gets a B from me. Um, I think he's been pretty good. Um, I, yeah, honestly, not a lot of notes on Najee.
1: For sure. And uh I know that you ended up putting an incomplete for uh Logan Stanley. I gave yes. him a, I gave him a B minus. because I wrote I wrote his name down and then was like, sure. Uh the what only What were thing- you
2: expecting him to do? What were you expecting him to do?
1: You know, I'll be honest with you, maybe I should change this to a B plus because I actually thought he was better than I expected when he did play. Right. Like Right, yeah. But at the you same time You just put him
2: in these rankings just to hate him.
1: <laughs> I think. Uh, uh, something i would do here's the thing kate not based on expectations just straight up his play Mm -hmm. i would say he's like a a b minus to a c uh whereas expectation wise he's he's a little bit better than i expected he I, i he was throwing his body around in the one or two games he played and that's all i've ever asked for from him if he's gonna be big don't be big for nothing um and then other than that he's you know he is what he is but uh anyways that finishes off the defensive rankings uh now we get to a very interesting uh set of players uh we have Connor Hellebuck and Laurent Brassois. um
0: <laughs> boy
2: i almost don't want to start on these cuz i i might be way off but okay, connor hellebuck gets a c plus from me laurent Brassois gets a c
1: <laughs> wow okay all right uh I'll, I'll give mine and then we can we can dive into both of these okay so i again i think that i lost touch with the in comparison to expectations uh because i have mm-hmm. hellebuck at a b plus but i also think that uh now in in remembering that you know in comparison to expectations b minus because yeah he, I, but uh, no I, you know i'm gonna i'm i no. B he gets a B we know that he starts the season off slow uh, he started the season off slow but I yeah. think that he is he has really found his game recently and he's coming back to the player who we know it is so he yep. gets a B I think that uh, yeah I, I I can't go any any worse on that or I think I'll get shot by the Jets fans um, Yeah, no
2: no that's exactly <laughs> it's the same thing as I, I throw him into the Ehlers category right where I'm like I can't be a Jets fan and give Connor Hallbucker Nikolai Ehlers a failing grade really because they're so important to this team but like my expectation at this point is that Connor Hellebuck plays like a Vezina winner every single game he hasn't played like a Vezina winner every single game so that's why he bumps down to a c-plus for me like I it's and it's not it's not deep it's not personal it's whatever it's just that but yeah he he does start off slow he tends to you're right um and he's still a very good goalie um and He's still like, I think last game against Edmonton, it was so like that Darnell nurse goal was so upsetting because that was a phenomenal performance. Like he was exceptional. And, and so we're getting there, we're getting there, but, um, (laughs) and Brassois just hasn't given me much to, and I really like him. So I was really excited to bring him back this year. I was like, finally, it's going to be massive upgrade on who did we have last year? Dave Riddick or something. Big Um, save Dave.
1: No save Dave. Save
2: Dave. No save Dave. Red light Riddick or whatever. The, red light um, Riddick. <laughs> but uh, he's just not done it for me. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Lists, she's a bit harsh.
1: Liz? Uh oh. I haven't given my grade yet for Laurent Brassois.
2: Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh.
1: The one and only F. Oh, okay. I was, no, I was waiting for
2: an A plus. I was waiting for an A Absolutely
1: like, not. I initially I, I wrote him down as a D, but I think that if anyone is deserving of an F, and I think that one player should be, it is Laurent Brassois. Again, I the the only reason I initially went to a D instead of an F was because what can we expect really from him when he only plays, you know, like once every f- five or six games, right? Um so it is kind of tough to find your footing. But I don't care. This guy was brought in here so that Connor Hellebuck didn't have to play 60 games this year. And it looks like Connor Hellebuck is going to have to play 60 games this year. When you put your backup in the net and your team is scared for your life because a Roman Yossi shot from the fucking corner can go in. No, absolutely not. (laughs) My expectations was that he would be okay, and he has been Bad. He has an 877 so far. I love Laurent Brassois. I love him. I'm glad that we brought him back. Uh, I was just really, 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 really hoping that he could provide us with decent backup. And he so far hasn't that that's all to say. I don't think that it's not that I think that he can't find it. I think he can figure it out um and you know time especially with goalies time can be a very big one um but i think that you know maybe he's just got to get past it and, you know get it out of his head um but yeah tough
2: all right yeah, so funny i that was so like answering a school project like here's the qu- question from the teacher it's like we're, we're doing these gradings based on it's like my expectation was that he would be okay but the reality is he has been bad
1: yeah <laughs> and that's kind it's, of
2: just the truth like it's
1: it's tough it's tough.
2: Yeah. But I believe. I believe.
1: Anyways. Gonna, uh, we okay. We're, we are going to wrap this all up with uh, our coaching staff, team as a whole, power play and PK. Uh, I think we should do power play and PK first. Okay. Uh, my
2: first D, my first and only D goes to the power play. I hate that power play. That power play is the reason I have nightmares. Um, I they get a D they get a D they're so bad um and it's so funny to say that too because all of these players and I realized okay we did an episode of the jet Centric podcast years ago and it was so funny it was one of the favorite my favorite episodes I've ever recorded we did it with I don't remember if you were there or not, but it was with Kishore and it was one year when um the penalty kill was so bad and we were doing like midseason report cards and every player kishore would knock down by like a full letter grade if I they were i remember this of the penalty yeah because <laughs> yeah. he was like these guys stink <laughs> and that's honestly what i should be doing with anyone who's part of the power play bam bottom of the pyramid because that power play stinks they get a d from me
1: okay i was a little less harsh the pp i gave a c minus two uh because uh you know we saw how f- Friggin' terrible they were last year uh i think they've been slightly better and i've at least seen flashes of what i want to see which is some freaking movement i just want them to move their feet and not stand around and pass it around the outside because everyone knows what's going to happen uh and i think that velardi coming back will improve that as well too uh, are they,
2: are they going to pass it to connor are they going to pass it to connor they
1: might they might uh they, they might um Source? source uh and then the pk i give a c minus two uh as well because again last year they were just so so good that the, the the again i expected them to be better that's for sure um but i also think that uh i've said this many times your most important penalty killer is your goalie uh and i think that you know the penalty kill has looked a little bit better at least since connor hellbuck has found his footing um so uh as a whole maybe a c c minus i don't know around there um also just just before we you know get to our last few rankings here you know we got a decent amount of people here in chat make sure you guys do like the stream give sdpn a a a sub on on youtube here we're almost at 100k subs please get that going um anyways uh coaching staff and team as a whole
2: Oh, uh penalty kill gets a c plus for me by the way oh sorry so, uh, i I thought, I thought i thought I, you i
1: thought you mentioned the penalty kill
2: i was just so mad about the power play that I, <laughs> no um, okay um okay so coaching staff gets a b plus from me and the reason is i like and, and well and then i'll ble- bleed this into my team the team gets an a from me i was ready to sell this team like i was like i was not on board at all at the beginning of the season, uh, and my mind has been changed. Um, my my worries still exist, and all those kinds of things. But they've been playing structurally really good five on five hockey. Yeah. Um, and they've been doing a lot of the things that they struggled with last year. They were they're doing excellently this year. Their transition play is quite good. Um, I I just think a lot of the players look better, and all these kinds of things. I was just not on board with this team. Um, and, and they. Are good and I believe in them, and that's a big thing to me is believing in a team because sometimes I'm like, Oh, like this is a like yoke shooting percentage, or like this is like kind of like a, an outlier, whatever. Not this, this team is playing like actually good hockey, and the outliers are the things that are going poorly for them. They're Darnell Nurse scoring from the blue line to change the momentum in a game when Connor McDavid's been contained for 55 minutes. Like it's this is a good hockey team, mm-hmm. and I still believe in them. Um, the coaching staff. So they get, a, they get a B plus, just generally speaking. I, I'm still not a fan of some of their choices when it comes to, you know, like playing defense and, and you know, throwing Adam Larry out at three on three and like little things like that. Like there are some decisions I don't really like, um, but I did have expectations for this coaching stuff. So those kind of negate for a B, but the reason they get a plus for me is because Scott Arneal is not the stepfather he's the father that stepped up he <laughs> really
1: <laughs> sorry I, you.
2: no like he just he he, he vladen domestikov'd it up you know he yeah
1: that's a great comparison when he
2: had to <laughs> and i'm i'm very pleased with him and i people were not always kind just got on your last year and I, I probably wasn't either like and you know what he did what he had to do. He did more than what he had to do. So good for you, Scott.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. 100%. Uh, for me, the coaching staff gets... Uh, I I struggled with this because they get... I, personally, I have them at a B. Um, I think that they have done worse than I would expect, but also better than I would expect. But then also all of the you know personal stuff comes into it and they handled that all really, really well with Scott O'Neill coming in. Uh, so as a whole, I think they get a B, maybe a B plus uh, I, I have the same gripes with you in regards to, um, you know, specific little things like putting Lowry out on the three on three. um But I also think that right now, the way that they are structuring the team, is not great. We already kind of mentioned this talking about having Shifley Ealers and Connor all together. Uh, I think it's a little too much, too many eggs in one basket. I also think that when you go back to, uh, you know, previous games, they weren't, um, they weren't fantastic at adapting on the fly to how the other team was playing. Um, I'm glad that in the Dallas game, we ended up seeing, you know, Putting Shifley Ealers, and Connor together because that's when you should put those guys together when you are chasing a goal. Um, but I don't think that, that necessarily should be the entire thing. They get a B um, both for exped- exceeding expectations when you know uh tragedy and, and terrible things have come around, but also uh they get a bit of a knock for doing the you know the classic coach things, uh like yeah. deferring to maybe a less good player uh when you need a goal and this and that and blah blah blah. And then the team as a whole, I know. Initially had as a B plus. I'm going to give them an A minus um, for all the reasons you mentioned. Uh, coming into this season, we the, the, I was fully on the the sell train, just like you were. I thought yeah. that they should trade Hallebuck, trade Shifley, get what they can for them, and uh, and maybe be you know, in the gutter for a couple of years and really try to build up from that. Uh, this team has shown that they have some they, they've got some juice left in them. So um, I'm really excited what they're able to see or what they're able to do down the stretch. I think that this team is much better built uh, for adversity. I know that we had Lucas Mench asking if there's going to be a grade for management. I don't think that that really makes uh, it isn't. It doesn't really work at a quarter season because, like, what have they really done? The only thing that we can mention is, of course, the Dubois trade, which, uh, as we've seen, has been pretty good. Um, yeah, and
2: also I I nod to the the personal stuff that you talked about. I think everything about, um, you know Judy Bonus, everything about Adam Johnson. I think they've managed things really well yeah. this year, and and that's coming from someone who's been hard on them. So, um, as far as yeah, like maybe we'll give them a grade after a trade deadline and see what happens, kind of thing. But yeah. um, for right now, it's entirely not operational uh for me and i'm i'm pleased with them so
1: for sure well that's it i mean we got both had the jets uh sitting at an a compared to our expectations coming into this year uh
2: mm-hmm.
1: i had an a minus was yours just a straight up an a
2: straight that's, up an a Yep.
1: well well hey it, it's it's a fun time well an interesting time to be a jets fan that's for sure uh at least they did break said, their no
2: you could say fun it it's is fun, fun.
1: it it's is fun, fun. Uh, they finally broke their uh, their three-game losing streak. Uh, no need to push the panic button, which we might have had to do if they lost tonight. Um, but they come out with a win 3-1 on top of the Blackhawks. Uh, normally we do questions, but we have already gone on for over an hour. So thank you so yeah. much for spending your time with us. We really do appreciate it. We love all the interaction uh, in the chat here tonight. Uh yeah, this was a fun show. Uh and as yeah. as Lucas asked, uh we will likely do another one of these maybe at half season, maybe closer to the deadline. Um we'll see. We'll make sure that we we do this again. Uh and regardless, we'll have some more shows where Lisa and I are <laughs> together uh finally. Always. But,
2: oh, for sure. Yeah. Um we have a couple of fun shows coming up. Um uh, we have a very exciting guest coming on Monday. I am say it. super looking forward to it um we're getting our boy jack on the show you may know him as jfresh hockey he's gonna come chat with us after the the carolina hurricanes game uh so that's gonna be really fun uh, a couple of other fun guests and, and fun shows lined up for the rest of the year hopefully some fun stuff over the holidays and all that good stuff so um for everyone who's here live um i i've seen a couple of people in the chat have been here the whole time so thank you so much for spending your saturday early evening with us uh it's been a super fun one uh we appreciate you guys we really enjoy the opportunity to do this and connect with everyone so make sure you follow us on twitter my handle is at list l-y-s-s-h-o-u-d-e brady is at nhl chunky exactly as it sounds we'll be there whenever we're not here so thank you so much everyone for joining tonight we will see you next time
1: have yourselves a good one enjoy your weekend